Hello, I'm Quint. And I'm Alex. And we're a, a couple, couple of, of characters. characters. We discuss topics related to creating characters for role-playing games. What are we talking about today, Alex? Today we're going to take a look back at some characters that we've had a chance to play after making them on this show. Yeah, we're coming up on our second anniversary, and we thought it'd be fun to do that. Yeah, and I'm hearing the graduation music behind us as we go on. Oh, I thought you meant Pomp and Circumstance. You mean the one by Vitamin C. All the characters we We made made together. together. Yeah. As we roll on, (laughs) we remember good times we've had together. Something like that. Yeah. So just loop that. And just play that underneath the whole episode. Yeah. <laughs> that won't be annoying at all. <laughs> Never. No, not at all. But first, it's time for Random Encounter. This is a segment where we briefly talk about characters we've encountered outside of RPGs, like in TV, movies, books, etc. Alex, do you have a character you'd like to talk about today? I sure do, but do I have their name? No, I do not, because I couldn't find it in my quick Google. But it's fine. Well, if you told me beforehand, I could have looked it up for you. Nope. It's too hard to find. So, the character is the fairy godmother slash witch from the book Cinderella is Dead by Kaylin Bayron. And her name is something like Amina. Something like that. It definitely starts with an A and has that kind of sound. But the book Cinderella is Dead is set 200 years after Cinderella has died from her story. Like, you know, the normal Cinderella story happened and then Cinderella died. Mm -hmm. And this is 200 years later and we're in a world in which women go to a ball. They're required to go every uh, year when they're 16 and the men get to pick their wives, basically. Awesome. Pretty messed up. Great. But the witch character slash fairy godmother is like, you know, she's from the past. She helped Cinderella out all these years ago. And the main character, Sophia, goes to find her. And they learn a lot more about Cinderella and what happened. Mm -hmm. And she's, you know, she's much more like a witch than a fairy godmother from, like, the movie. So this is why I loved her. And it was just an interesting character. And there's a lot, you know. I don't want to spoil anything, so I'm not going to say much more, but yeah. It's a witch, and I'm pumped. Okay. What character do you have for us, Quinn? Well, today I wanted to talk about Ned from The Witch's Boy by Kelly Barnhill. He's a young boy whose mother is also a witch. um, And his family has, yeah. And his family's been charged with protecting the last remnant of magic left in this world. And his age is never really said, but several years have passed since the beginning of the book when he was seven. So my guess is he's like 13 or something like that. Yeah, that sounds right. He's It's a middle grade book, so he's probably in that like 10 to 13 range. Yeah. And he has a stutter and severe dyslexia, so he's a very hard time speaking and reading. And my heart just ached for this sweet boy because his twin brother Tam tragically died in one of the first chapters. And Tam was the one who was more magically inclined and gifted. So the villagers always called Ned the wrong boy and treat him like he's useless and a burden and incapable of everything. I just want to protect this sweet boy. Yeah. Um, But he's clearly intelligent to the reader because, like, we're privy to his thoughts. And even though he's the wrong boy, he's able to do what's right and what must be done to save his people. And I really appreciated the author normalizing that people with disabilities are capable of taking charge of their own lives and fates. Heck yeah. Yeah. That was an enjoyable book. 
that yeah. I remembered very little. <laughs> and I loved that book. It was just chef's kiss. You know me. I don't like a middle grade book. They're not for me. So I'm not a huge, like, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. Yeah. And if you like middle grade books, that's good for you. I happen to love middle grade. Yeah, they're just not really my thing. I like the Artemis Fowl books. Yeah. That was... You know, and when I was a kid, I liked middle grade books, but now I'm, I'm, I'm just, hey, don't get me wrong, I read YA trash, so, you know. <laughs> I'm not trying to, like, belittle anyone that reads middle grade. <laughs> I think Cinderella's Dead counts as YA, so. Yes. Yes, I think it is YA. All right, anyway, let's get on to some of these characters that we've played yeah. that, since making them. Yeah, so I think it'd be funny to call this segment Where Are They Now?, yeah, that's what I have written, literally. Yeah, so yeah. like kind perfect. of like the trope where like these stars are once famous, now what are they doing? Also, fun fact, on episode five, when we made Gideon, who is the first character that I'm going to talk about, Yeah, we literally said, maybe we'll talk about Gideon later and do like a where are they now episode. So <laughs> Perfect. It's a cold shot. <laughs> yeah, we, we did that. And yeah, so we once we've had chances... A chance to play more of these characters. We can we can bring the segment back. Yeah, where are they now? The sequel, the squeakquel, the squeakquel. <laughs> so we each have a few characters that we've been able to play in more than just a one shot. Would you like to start, or do you want me to? Then we can alternate. Maybe I'll start because I already brought up Gideon. Sounds good. So Gideon was from episode five, nothing but net. And I, I was going to give a brief recap of the story we came up with mm-hmm. and then talk about how it played out. So our brief recap was that he grew up in a fishing village with his dad, and they were out fishing one day. They got caught between a pirate ship and an electric cruiser. Their little fishing boat sank, and Gideon made it onto the pirate ship with a pirate shirt on. He convinced them to let him like join their crew and travel with them for a while. Mm-hmm. The pirates got hold of an artifact that Gideon thought was maybe a little too powerful. And so then he stole it and got away in the night, um, absconded with it. And then that's kind of where he started the party. So the hooks in this one were like, oh, what happened to his dad? Uh, why does he only use a net? Because this was our net <laughs> character. Yep. And then the other ridiculous character idea that Alex had. Yeah, and then our other hook was kind of like, oh, what are the pirates going to do now that they know he left, and what does this artifact do? Yeah, and you're like almost done with the campaign that he's in. Yeah, it's wrapping up. So like, has how is he? How has he been? Like, so all right. So how has he changed from what like you intended to play? Okay. So I, I have this written down as well. So I started out really wanting him to throw nets, right? And then my DM gave me a magic trident. So then I was kind of doing more trident things. And then I got a magic sword, like some other magical weapons that are not nets that are all really cool. <laughs> so I kept using non-nets because the, the magic items that I got were not nets. So mm. that was kind of sad in that I didn't get to keep using nets a ton, but it you was good for a while. You could have used the nets, but you were a coward. I mean, the magic items he gave me were so good. Like a, D- a glaive that was doing a D10 like normal and a D6 of necrotic. Just That is very cool. 
And now I have a great sword that does like the same I thing. I just meant you were a coward for not sticking to oh, your, yeah. your conviction of, I'm going to play this character for flavor and just make him not effective. Yeah. And then he, <laughs> so he, um, I was a fighter and I decided to go, um, what is it called? Arcane Archer mm-hmm. is what I chose. And the DM let me like do that and flavor it as nets and tridents instead of bow and arrow. Yeah. And what I did, um, so I did stick with nets in that way, and I have the feats of sharpshooter, and uh, we homebrewed our own feat called Netspert, me and the DM. Hell so yeah. it's like crossbow expert, but it's for nets. Also, we should probably put that on our website. Anyway, put that on your website and smoke it. Whoa. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, but... He kind of leaned away from the net, but I did find a magic item uh, around level six where it basically offered him power and Mm, he mm -hmm, became mm -hmm. part warlock. So he started going warlock levels. Don't tempt Alex with a warlock because if you do, he'll just become a warlock and then that's what he's going to do now. Yeah. Well, Gideon, I was like, I mean, he traveled with Paris for like a year, and maybe he's a little bit, like, power hungry. But maybe. anyway, um, so I did want to bring up kind of the the hooks that we gave to the DM and talk about what happened with them. Because mm-hmm. like, this is the character I played the most of the ones we played, so mm-hmm. I think the other ones will be a little quicker. Okay. But, so we never found out what happened to his dad. And the pirates never came after him. There was mm. those two didn't things didn't ever come up. But the artifact came up, and it was a a part of a three piece like artifact. Okay. So the part that he had kind of looked like a like the glass of a sand um, dial. So what was that thing called? Sand timer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So his part looked like the glass, and another character had kind of like the frame and then on one of our adventures we found all these like super small diamonds and each diamond had a little arcane rune like on it and they were like the size of sand like sand sized pieces of diamonds so is like the glass like open on the ends yes okay so i was like how else are you gonna get it in there okay yeah so then we put these all these little diamonds together with the sand and the um, or they wore the sand, along with Gideon's piece and our other character's piece. And this unlocked a new type of magic that was kind of like time magic. Mm. Yeah, so my DM like humbled some spells that were all time-related that are the people that could cast spells now had access to if they like focused on this item for a while. So that was pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah, so that was kind of Gideon, and I had... I had a lot of fun playing him. I wish that I would have leaned more into the net and kind of been like, hey, DM, give me some magic net so I can keep doing this. But, yeah, otherwise I had fun. Well, I'm glad you had fun. And I, st- I stand by, I think that, actually, mm. I will also say this. Yeah. After using a net, making someone restrained is pretty good. Like, it's actually really good. And then they have but- to use their action to get free. It's pretty good. But the problem is that it was so weak that it well, was just one Well, the problem was that you're throwing with disadvantage every time. Yeah. But So, I'd... like, yeah, if, it, if it's successful, it's good. But the problem was that it was 
harder to make it successful. Yeah, and we like we have a lot of ideas how to fix it. Yeah. I'm I'm just saying that I think restraining people is pretty good, especially when there's two rogues in the party like we have. Mm-hmm. Because then they have advantage, so sneak attack. Yeah. All right, what's your first character that you've played that you've brought? Okay, so I think for me, I'm going to go in order from least played to most played, so I'm not going to go in, like, episode order. Okay. So the first character I have is Toad from episode 30. He's the sweet disabled warforged boy who has a service mimic cane named Frog, and he's an Oath of Accessibility Paladin, and I brought him into our actual play Cosmos campaign as an NPC. Mm-hmm. And going off our discussion from the episode, I thought it would be interesting if Toad collected mimics that were out and about and bothering people and took them back and trained them to be service mimics. Like he yeah. took like what he'd encountered with um, Laszlo. Yeah. And then this is in addition to running his adventuring school for disabled adventurers. Mm-hmm. And since Naboon is visually impaired, we thought it would be fun to give him a seeing eye mimic. And we've recorded the episodes where Dagnall and Naboon meet Toad and learn about service mimics, but we just haven't released them yet. But they're coming, and I had a lot of fun playing Toad. And they will be on our Patreon first. They will be on our Patreon first. They're not there currently, but they will be up there first. Yeah, so if you want to be able to listen to those, have first access, you're going to have to be a patron. All right. I think, is that all you need to say? That's all I need to say about Toad. Okay. I guess I will skip to Naboon then, since we're already talking about Cosnos. Okay. Like you said, we've played like four or five episodes recorded, four or five, something like that. Yeah, we have three that we have recorded that I haven't finished editing. Yeah. So we played five total. Yeah. So I've had a lot of fun playing Nuboon. I think it's been interesting to have a visually impaired character. Um, and I liked that we kind of worked around. Uh, I took the gaze of two minds warlock invocation at one point so that he could touch his friend Dagnall mm-hmm. and see through her eyes so like to assess room so that she didn't have to describe everything to him all the time. Yeah. And I think he has changed uh, when we get to level three. He's going to, well, because we got the seeing eye mimic, so yeah. he's probably going to drop that one and get something else. But... I think it's been cool, and now he's got the seeing eye mimic, so he doesn't need to have a way to look through other people's eyes. Yeah. But I've had a lot of fun. He's another warlock, you know, so it's always good yes. for me. Yes, yes. Always. You you always love your warlocks. Yeah, what's your next character? So my next character is Willow, who we made in episode 31. I guess I didn't... Oh, let's oh. quick. What, where did we make Nibun? Oh, 22. Can't even lift a cupcake. Can't even lift a cupcake. All right, right, back to Willow. So I've been playing her on the podcast Dungeons & Dragon Types for almost a year now, and I have been having a lot of fun with her. At first it was a little rough since the system we were using, Pokemon Tabletop United, had a lot of overly complicated rules. But since we've switched to PokeRoll, I think it's been... I really think I've been able to focus more on the role playing instead of just figuring out the rules. And then some things have changed mechanically for her to fit into the new system, but I was able to make a lot of similar choices for her mechanics. And John, the GM, let me keep my medic training from the previous system, which I've enjoyed having because, you know, I I hate when I have to spend a whole turn healing. Yeah. Yep. That's why you shouldn't play clerics anymore. Yeah. 
Like, don't expect me to heal you guys. Just don't don't even expect it. Yeah. Um, but besides that, I did have a lot of fun playing a cleric. That's just an aside. Yeah. Yeah. Because I thought that the mechanics that clerics have are really cool. I just didn't like having to be the sole healer, or the main healer. Yeah, when Gug was in the party, you were pumped because you're like, oh, thank God that guy can heal. Yeah. I'll just smash face with these spiritual weapons. Oh, yeah. But anyways, back back to Willow. Um, I think that the character arc that I set out to play for her is actually coming to pass because she didn't have much battle experience before going on her adventure, but now she's, like, getting the hang of it. And if you're caught up on the show, you know that we're going to be battling Adam the gym leader soon, and we did already record her battle. And I liked that I was able to show her starting to strategize for a big battle and getting excited about battling instead of just catching and studying Pokemon. Yeah. So you think she might be like, well, I do like training Pokemon. It's yeah, because yeah, she didn't have that experience before, really. So I think now she's like, ooh, maybe maybe this is the, the goal that I have. So it's just fun to see like where she where she might go on her adventures. Yeah. Who's your next character? My next one is Zadriel. The Ranger from episode seven. seven, Indiana Jones and the Misplaced Pyramid. Yes. And so to briefly remind the listeners, she was in a period of mind exploring because she's like an Indiana Jones type of like treasure hunter. And the pyramid got moved across the world vis-a-vis a magical being. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then she left the pyramid and kind of eventually encountered the party and started traveling with them. Yeah. And her goal was to try to find a sword and kind of cleanse it and then start using it from inside the tower that we were by. Yeah. And again, we never really got to the sword part because our warlock was very mistrusting of people and she just kept the sword in a demi-plane the whole time (laughs) and never told anyone. Yeah. Or never told Zadriel that it was there. Yep. So that was fine. But I had fun playing Zadriel. It was fun to be a high-level gloomstalker. I thought yeah. that a lot of the features were cool. I Oh, oh I, yeah. You I also about... homebrewed a uh, level 20 feature for the gloomstalker. Yeah, we should we release that. Yeah, that is what I was going to say. Yeah, because I think that the ranger capstone is dumb, as we've talked about. Uh, well, not necessarily dumb. I think the... It's, I it's think a the little ranger, underwhelming. Yeah, I think the Ranger Capstone is underwhelming because it only hurts your favorite enemies, which is only like three or four types of creatures by the end, which is kind of just like, oh, and, you know, oh, clerics can ask their god for something and they can do it. The yeah. cl- a cleric could ask their god, hey, can I do an extra D8 to every enemy I hit? And the god would be like, yeah, dude, go for it. And Rangers are like, wait, wh- what? <laughs> I want, I want that. Anyway, so I I kind of did what Paladin does, where each Paladin gets its own, like, kind of unique level 20, like, oh, I am going god mode for a minute. Mm-hmm. So I did that for the Gloomsucker. I haven't done it for any of the other Ranger subclasses. But the Gloomsucker I won, I'm pretty proud of. I kind of used things from Death uh, Domain Clerics and some other, kind of the other Gloomsucker features and just, like, said this but a little bit more you know what i mean yeah like cranked it up to 11 and yeah that's kind of what i want to say about zadriel i had fun playing her 
It was interesting to be a high-level ranger. Yeah. I know you missed your witch, but... I did miss April. I love April. (laughs) April lives in my heart as probably my favorite character. Yeah. All right. What do you got, Quinn? And she's not even a warlock. Think about that. Yep. So the last character I brought is Kieran, my majestic lion barbarian boy Mm. from episode 20. Beautiful. Mm Mm-hmm. He is... Look at that mane full of beads. Yes. I I do have a story about that that I'll get to. In that game, our DM Andrew implemented a modified version of our homebrew ancestry features and also changed how we chose the background features a bit, so what we picked in episode 20 has changed some. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But they're still the same stories and The stories are the same, yeah. Just the features that they got. Yeah, the features, yeah. So the new features I chose for him were powerful builds, since he's a strong, beefy boy. Feline agility, because I love the idea of my lion being able to have short, quick bursts of speed like an actual lion. Cat's claws, because it's a superior feline claw ability. Yeah, because it gives you climb speed. Yes. And dark vision, because cats should have dark vision, like they do IRL. And I've been having a lot of fun playing him and have a couple of funny stories to tell about him. So, Kieran bought this magical armor that gives him a burrowing speed. So, now my new goal is to get all the different movement speeds. I just need to get flying and swimming, and it'll be hilarious. Yes. And he can just travel through through anything. Any terrain at, like, what, 45 feet? Oh, yeah, that was your other feature. You took fleet of foot. Oh, I, that's right. I did take fleet of foot. Did you take five? I was oh, like, well. why do I have five? Uh, maybe you took a flaw. Oh, you took the flaw thing. Oh, I did you take took the a minus flaw. one to an ability score. That's true. I, I dumped his intelligence down. Yeah. Which is funny because the things that he gets from his god are based on intelligence. Like, all of the cool features that he gets from it are not that cool because yeah. he's so bad at them. <laughs> um, but the other even funnier story about Kieran is that he's very he's kind of vain about his mane. He spends a lot of time grooming it and carving beads to put in it. So whenever yeah, one he has, for every battle. Yeah, so whenever he has a battle in a new place, he tries to find wood from that area and then carve a memento to commemorate that battle. I mean, also, at, he does this for every battle anyways, but he likes to try to get different woods, too. And then in this one fight, we were fighting a magic user, and that person cast a spell, and it made all of Karen's fur fall off. Yeah, I think it was maybe something Andrew Humbrewed with like a wild magic type of surge type of thing that happened. Yeah. Is what I think happened. I think that is what happened. Because there's one magic surge on the table that makes you lose your hair, but then it grows back the next day. Yeah. Kieran's did not grow back. Kieran's did not grow back the next day. Yeah. Yeah, so in the middle of battle, he's freaking out because all his fur fell off. And all his beads fell. And he's trying to scoop up all his hair beads. Yeah. And then he's about to go chase after this magic user since they ran off. Or that Mm -hmm. we're going to. The whole group is. And Kieran yells out to the party, like, to the slower people because he's really fast. Remember, he's got feline agility and he's a barbarian. So his his speed. Speed went up. Yeah, so his speed is 45 feet, just like normal. So, like, he's just really fast. And so, like, I could be dashing after this person. Just be like, yeah, no, I'm gone. And he, Kieran yells out to the party to pick up his hair beads. And it was just so hilarious to me. He's like, get my beads. Yep. Um, my character did get some beads. <laughs> yeah. And his fur has since grown back, but his mane is still a bit sparse. And, oh, we were able to find a place for the Theros refugees, which, if you remember from that episode, like, was, like, the goal of, like, the yeah. start of the campaign. 
Yes, so, we just finished that recently. Yeah, we finished that. So everyone from home has come through. And then I also said that his rival, Dar, um, the one who was sowing discontent, saw Kieran without his fur and said that it was a sign that the gods were punishing him for his cowardice at abandoning his homeland to Nicol Bolas. And it was just so savage and petty. But I was pretty pleased that I'd come up with, with that because Dar sucks. Yeah, and Andrew, our DM, was going to, like, he had something written down that was way less mean. It was something like, you're so brave for making this yeah. choice to go without hair. Yeah, and I was, like, like that. I was like, no, 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 I've already thought about this. And yeah. this is what he would actually yeah. say. Just, just you know, like, this guy. He sucks. He super sucks. Okay. Who is the last character that you brought? So, similarly, from that same episode, for your cats and street use, I have my street youth, Essie, the scorpion chick. I have had a lot of fun playing Essie. So, initially, my thought was that she's going to be a little more reserved and in the (laughs) back um, and, like, let someone else take the spotlight. But she still kind of does. She does does in, like, fights. Yeah. But also, when she talks to people, she tells other people, like, she will raise up other people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But she is a street youth. She's a warlock. And she's kind of the master of deception. And I've leaned into she's taken as many illusions as she can. So she's trying to, like, you know, she can do the invocation where you can do simple uh, silent image for free. Like, just... Every time that you want. And, you know, she's got that kind of stuff going on. So she's all about lying, and she serves the god of deception, which is why she's all about lying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she's been so much fun to play. She has a scorpion hand and scorpion tail that she's been able to disguise this whole time because she gets uh, her god lets her cast disguise self basically at will. Yeah. And the DC is doubled. Because the god is giving her the power. That was something Andrew and I, like, worked out. And I'm pumped about it. It's so great. It also doesn't show up as, like, in Detect Magic. There's not a an illusion spell on Essie. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, she's been a lot of fun. So our one of our first fights, um, she chased down the, like, person that... <laughs> one of the little goblin-type things that we were trying... That we were fighting... They attacked us, folks. We didn't start it. But they attacked us. And then she chased him down and yelled street rules as she, like, killed him. Street rules! And then she said, no, like, yeah, there's no, we can't have any survivors or they'll they'll know where you are and they'll, like, find you. So that was kind of, I was like, oh, yep, I guess this is what Essie's all about. Yeah. uh, Street rules. Street rules. (laughs) For the street use. Street rules for street use. Yep. And, yeah, she's been a lot of fun, though. I've had so much fun playing her. She's probably my second favorite character that I've played. She's pretty good. Um, She has kind of an April energy about her, though. (laughs) So, uh, and Alex playing his true chaos character self. Yeah. Um, There's also a couple, like, there's some other funny things that, like, Essie, Essie does that like some quirks that I think you should talk about like when she tells stories oh yeah so Essie she grew up on the streets right so she doesn't know all the stories so remember the setting is Theros so it's kind of like ancient Greece so a lot of the same stories apply so 
She has stories about, um, you know, the different Greek myths, but she heard them through a, a tavern bar, like door, or at the window, or she just decided to change it because it's funny. So she was telling the story of Spotify and Spotify's box, and if you open Spotify's box, then in the bottom, the, a bunch of bad stuff comes out, but at the bottom, you always find rope. Yep. And that so. is, of course, you know, Pandora, Spotify. Yeah. They get it. <laughs> I, I came up with the Spotify joke. I know. It was very funny. I was, I was so proud of it. Ugh. There's also the three, three mates. mates. Yeah. Yeah, the three mates, and they ha- they just do they do a lot of sewing. Um, not really sure what they're sewing or anything. Like they do something with some sort of tapestry. Who knows? But the, yeah, the three mates, and they're all best friends, and they do a lot of sewing. Yeah. Oh, and your you should talk about your establishment because I think it's really funny. Oh, okay. Well, I also want to talk about Essie's best friend, Tycho the Mouse. I also think you should talk about this, yeah. <laughs> yeah so, so, and this, why? The urchin background, you get a, a pet mouse for one of your equipment, and who knows why. But, yeah, I don't know. I've just had this mess with me this whole time, and she keeps, like, she'll talk to it, and she'll tell people that it's her best friend. Yeah, but also, you named it Tycho. Oh, I named it Tycho after Taika Waititi the director because the voice that I do for Essie is my impression of him yeah so it's in honor of him uh, yeah this is kind of kind of how Essie sounds he, he's she sounds like uh like this and uh, if you are nice to it then maybe she'll talk to you but if you're mean then she's probably gonna steal from you or do an illusion to make you look dumb <laughs> yeah that's what Essie sounds like but yeah, it's uh, it's, she's been so much fun. Yeah. What was it? What other thing did I want you, you want to me talk, talk about? about? Your establishment. Oh, my establishment. Yeah. Okay, so Andrew let us. Um, there's a book out there called Strongholds and Followers or yeah. something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think that's by, what it's I think called. By Matt Coville. Yeah. And he basically gives people the opportunity to build establishments, or I guess strongholds. Yeah. They're not called establishments. There's one different of the, types. Yeah, one of the types is like tower for wizards, temples for clerics, or you know, anyone can have any, but these yeah. are kind of the... Like I, Kieran has a keep. Kieran has a keep, which is kind of like more for barbarians and fighters. And then there are establishments, which can be like whatever type of establishment you want. So Essie has a brothel of sorts, and it's got a, like some gambling for like a casino on the main floor. But then, then we have the upstairs where you can find Essie's Girls, which is the name of the establishment. And Essie's Girls are anyone that's like, you know, one of her brothel women or men or non-binary folk. It can be literally anyone. Is a, they're a girl with a capital G, one of Essie's Girls. Yeah. So it's kind of like when you walk in a room, you say, hey, guys. And it's like, oh, I'm not gendering everyone as a guy. Just saying, hey, guys. Essie has girls. Yeah. Wish yeah. that I had Essie's girls. Yeah. That's kind of where it started. That is the theme song yeah. for Essie's girls. And what else? Oh, we, one of our, so Essie couldn't read when we started the camping. <laughs> she grew up on the streets. Yes, yes, yes. But yes, then yes. I took the invocation that lets you read all writing. And so our bard was trying to teach her to read. And then one day 
as he's like, oh, I can read this. Like, oh, yeah, this all makes sense. And then she, like, started reading. And the only book that our bard had to try to teach her was a the halfling equivalent of Fifty Shades of Grey called Halfway to Halfling. Yes. And so it's Essie's favorite book now. It's where she got all of her ideas for Essie's Scrolls. And it's there's a copy of Halfway to Halfling in every room in Essie's Scrolls. Kind like, of like how you'd find a Bible. In a hotel. Book. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, and let's see. Oh, also, she, like, helps the street use out, so her kitchen's always open to, like, if beggars come, they'll give them food and stuff. So she's, like, also trying to give back to the community. She's yeah. not just running a brothel. She's trying to help out. And she has met some street urchin friends that she's, like, made guards or whatever they want. They don't have to be... You don't have to be a prostitute. <laughs> you know, you can just work in the kitchen or whatever like I'll just give you a job we'll find yeah, something yeah whatever suits you yeah I did want to say one other thing quick because I forgot to at the top but I wanted to go through the like features that Essie got when with our ancestral traits thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so like we said Andrew added some and he added one where you could take a minus one to one of your bloody scores to get like an extra point to get a fifth Ancestral trait. Yeah. That's so kind of like five. what the, the soul shards thing did too. Yeah. 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 Th- I've seen that in other systems. I just didn't yeah. want to overcomplicate ours. So ours is you just pick four. Yeah. So the traits that Essie have, I based off either the fact that she was dead and went to like Nyx or the fact that she was made into a super soldier mm-hmm. from her backstory. Very, and very good. So her traits are, we have Simic Hybrid Animal Enhancements, right? Because she's got to have her Scorpion Claw and her Scorpion Tail. And those are the ones that we homebrewed, and we put those up on our website. Yes. Then we have uh, Perfect Body, because she's still, she's a super soldier. She has a perfect body, and that lets you have advantage on strength with, Strength Dex and Con saves against magic. And I literally forgot that I had that feature for like until like the last session or two. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute, I yeah. have this crap. Yeah, you like you said to me, we're like going to sleep and you're like, I've forgotten about this. And I was like, you know what I've forgotten about is that I have like um because we got like the special like feats or whatever and i had like our supernatural gifts yes supernatural gifts um from the theros book and i i was like i i went down in one of the fights and i shouldn't have gone down because i have the the hard to kill which is basically like the relentless endurance thing where like if you if you would go down instead you just drop to one hp yep which is actually Essie's next feature is the Relentless Endurance from Half-Orc because I figured she's already died once. She's hard to kill. She was like, oh, yeah, I've, I've been here before, and I know what to do. I'll just go to one hit point instead. Yeah. And then I wanted to do a feature that was kind of, like, related to Nyx. So she has Radiant Consumption, which is from the fallen asimar yeah and that one you like let a burst of radiant light out and it hurts everyone within like 10 feet of you including yourself yes is that how many was that oh and i have feeling agility as well so she's super fast when she needs to be because super soldier a lot of people 
took the feline agility. Yeah, three of the six of us did, which I think is fine. I agree. It's, it's just funny. It's also a really good feature. It's so good. Also, so three good. people took dark vision, so... Okay, yeah, but, like, a lot of the races just give you dark vision anyways. So. Exactly. Yeah, but that was... I think it was really cool to try that system out, and I think it's worked really well. Like, no one's overpowered or anything, I don't think, yeah. with their features, especially when they forgot that they had one of their features for who knows how long. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which was kind of both of us. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> that we forgot different things. Yeah, but it's been fun. Yeah. Well, thanks for recording this episode with me. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, before we get to our other end stuff, I just want to thank everyone who participated in our audiobook giveaway through Libro FM last month. The Dice of Randomly Chosen five winners to receive a free audiobook. And wow, wow. Free audiobook. Yeah. <laughs> so, Lacey, Taryn, Shannon, Emily P., and Brianna, congrats to you. You're our winners. Um, please check your email that you used to enter the giveaway. So that's how we contacted you with instructions on how to get your prize. Yeah, so first you have to download all these different apps, and then you have to go to the nearest Burger King, and then you go to the cash register and enter in this 17-digit pin. And then you must <laughs> eat the... Impossible Whopper with bacon. <laughs> yes, the summer special. Yeah. The Impossible Burger with bacon on it. Not Impossible Bacon. Bacon. Regular bacon. Regular pig bacon. Um. Anyway, yeah, check your email for the actual instructions. Don't believe me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to, to do other giveaways in the future. Yeah, that'd be great. But that was that was a lot of fun. I'm glad we were able to do that. Same. And I hope you guys enjoy the audiobook that you get. Yes. Oh, quick thing back to what we were talking about before with our characters. If you have a favorite character that we've made. Or that you've made. Or that you've made and played. Or also if you've made a character or you've played a character that we've made. Like all shit, oh, whatever. Yes. Let us know. We'd love to hear about it. How can they tell us, Gwen? Well, they can email us at a couple of characters pod at gmail.com. You can also find more information about our show at a couple of characters podcast.com. And you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ACOC Podcast. And you can let us know there as well if you want to talk about a character. You know what else they can do? They can rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform they want and giving us a five star review. You can tell us about your character there. And you can also tell your friend about our show and tell your friend about your favorite character, but mainly our show. Yes. <laughs> We'd like to thank John Began for composing our theme music. You can also support us by becoming a Patreon donor. Just search a COC podcast, and that's how you get first access to the actual our Cosmos actual play campaign. You can support us by going to bookshop.org slash shop slash ACOC podcast and any purchase that you make there will help out our show by giving us 10% of your price or whatever you paid and a local bookstore of your choice 10% as well. And if you'd like to pick up any audiobooks, you can use our LibroFM affiliate code to get a free audiobook when you purchase an audiobook subscription. And if you like... Oh, I wasn't done. Oh. I was going to say... I always cut you off. You always I'm, cut me off. We haven't gotten the rhythm of this one yet. <laughs> and they... 
Um, every purchase through there supports our show directly and independent bookstores. If you like Pokemon and actual plays, you could check out Willow on Dungeons and Dragon types, and you can learn more about her story arc and how it's going. Yeah. You can find me on Twitter at Alex and Winterland. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at not a Dr. Quinn. Thanks for listening. Keep on rolling. That's going to be a bloop for sure. (laughs) Ah. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) My note for... Okay, so Essie, I give a brief recap or whatever. Mm -hmm. My note for what Essie has been, it just says, Essie has been a ton of fun to play. That's all I wrote. (laughs) That's all you need to know. That's all you need to say. By Winder... Five, five winters. Five winters. There will be five winters the dice have spoken. <laughs>